0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jerry Petito Show on Remember Then Radio. Um, I have an incredible guest today, and I have an incredible guest co-host. Today's show is probably going to be one of the most touching shows for me based on our topics and something that happened to my family yesterday, and, and I will share it because of this show. I usually don't share personal things, but this is appropriate first I want to introduce my guest co-host Justin Drummond say hello to everyone
1: uh, hello everyone it's good to be back and uh I gotta really tell you like uh you know we've been talking off air and uh uh like uh I, I definitely agree this interview is definitely like uh, gonna be uh, really emotional like uh but it's definitely gonna give like uh, someone out there uh, a little bit of hope so
0: you're right yep. about that, Justin. You're right about okay. that. You know what, Justin? Why don't you introduce our incredible guest since you introduced me to him?
1: All right. So uh, I'm really excited to uh, bring this guest uh, for you and for everyone listening today. I actually found uh, this guy through a uh, ad on Facebook. Um, and uh, he's uh, not just a singer. Uh, he is a uh, motivator. like He is a hero. Uh, he is definitely uh, someone... Uh, that you can look up to, uh, definitely going to be a good role model, and we're going to get to know a little bit more about today. Joe Nestor, how you doing?
2: I'm doing very well, Justin. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Jerry, um, for, for having me on the show.
0: I'm excited. So I'm going to play my theme song. It's very appropriate for today, okay? Here we go, guys.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an idiot. I'm just an ass. And in time this too shall pass. I'm not a- just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Love's the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do, just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really true, is it really true? Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is fast. Change sound just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One
0: day at a time, free at last. Guys, everyone who knows me knows I am the author of I'm Not an Addict, I'm Just an Ass. I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb ass, Because guys, 30 years ago, I was a dumbass. And this July 27th, I will be celebrating 30 years of being a smart ass. Um, it's because of God I'm here today. I'm going to share something with everyone um, in a little while, but I want to talk about my guest first. Joe Nestor um, went from being homeless in addiction to healing through his music and through what he's doing, and he is here to save lives. Joe, tell everyone a little bit about what you do.
2: Well, I mean, first and foremost, music for me is is ultimately like my therapy, and uh, that that is certainly one way that I have found healing. Uh, Like you had mentioned before, you know, I was homeless, um, for for a long while, and um, and now you know, I, I pretty much I travel the country. I share my story, my experiences through music. Uh, I firmly believe that it is a universal language, and uh, not only does it help me, I, I found that it, it helps thousands of people all over the world. It doesn't matter, uh, particularly what country you're in, you know. Um, but I, I pretty much try my best to just help people uh, through music and. I just help people who are struggling with addiction. I help find them uh, treatment resources, uh, detoxes, and halfway houses. And uh, I just try to show them that uh, we do recover and there is a way out.
0: So, you know, I want to share something with everyone. I think we'll just start with that. I had a tragedy in my family yesterday. My cousin's son in his early 30s overdosed and passed away in her arms. And we've been, you know, struggling with this for many, many years, my poor cousin. And I mean, the whole family, right? So what I want to say to everyone out there is there is help. Okay. If, If you need help, please reach out, reach out to me, reach out to Justin, reach out to Joe. We'll give you information through the show. But I don't want anyone out there to ever feel like they're alone or they're going through this alone and there's no help because there is help. So having said that, Joe, you know what I think? I want to play your song how many times because that just resonated with me more than ever. I mean, I've I've listened to that song so many times, but after yesterday, I have to tell you, I heard it probably... Three times yesterday and three times today. And I want to thank you for this. So I want everyone to really, really listen to the words of this song. Here we go.
2: How many times are you going to doubt yourself? How many times are you going to repeat the same mistakes? Before you finally experience enough pain that you want to make a change. How many times? How many times you gonna tell yourself you giving up? How many times you gonna write it down and rip it up? How many times have you invested in luck? Do you find that pain? I'm going to turn around and flip it up. Don't you believe in the fake? Believe in your faith. Now watch how everything that seems to fall into place. And you ain't even got to try. It's like you win in the race. Cause every time you praise his name, you'll be receiving his grace. Embrace. Now keep me from the wicked. Protect me from the snares. And help me spread this message to anybody who cares. Cause I not wrestle with them lions and tigers and bears. I'm wearing the armor of God. Intruders beware. How many times have you have you shown in the same love that he shows to you how many times how many times oh, how many times have you prayed in the name of how many times have you shown in the same love that he shows to you how many times how many times how many times you're gonna lie to yourself how many times you've been denying yourself? How many times, how many times, how many times you looked side of yourself And you're ashamed of what you see, but you don't ask for no help You'd rather drown in misery and take that rum off the shelf You pour another shot and blame it on the hand you were dealt But you're forgetting about the pain that all your family felt While you were running in them streets like a slave That you can make it too. How many times have you prayed in the name of? How many times have you shown in the same love? That he shows to you how many times? How many times? How, how, many, times? how many times have you prayed in the name of? How many times have you shown in the same love? That he shows to you how many times? How many times? How, how many times? It doesn't matter how many times you fail. It doesn't matter. How many times you almost got it right. People aren't gonna keep track or care about your failures, and neither should you. It's more important that you learn from them, that you grow from them, and that you keep pushing forward because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many times you got it wrong. What truly matters is how many times you get it right. It doesn't matter how many times. You many people believe in you now all that matters you believe in yourself cause there's a reason that you're breathing and it's keeping you round and everything that you've been going through is part of a plan but i know it's hard to trust it and you can't understand believe me we crash and we burn we live and we learn if you could only see the blessings that we get in return you'd be like i'll shine through the storm and the struggle struggle times when i know i'm in trouble. trouble i'll rise i'll rise i'll rise through the ash and the rubble many Have you shown in the same love That he shows to you How many times How many times How, how, many, times, how many times Have you prayed in the name of How many times Have you shown in the same love That he shows to you how many, times, how, many times, how, how many times How many times How many times Never give up on yourself Stop doubting yourself Because if you don't believe in yourself Nobody else will either. As long as you have air in your lungs, you still have a chance to get it right.
0: That is amazing. Joe, tell everyone about this song. You wrote this, right?
2: Yeah, I I wrote that song um, close to two years ago. And um, it's just a a powerful piece, man. To, To me... Like every song that I write is is like a chapter to my life, you know uh these aren't just songs that I write you know for the radio or, or for publicity or anything like that. Like every song has a real and raw message and uh And this one is just my personal outlook on like what I used to tell myself, you know, when I was addicted. like I mean, I was homeless for ten years.
0: Ten years?
2: Ten years. A decade. And I'm not talking couch surfing. I'm not talking sleeping at a friend's houses. Like, I'm talking homeless, sleeping under bridges uh, in Philadelphia, in Baltimore, and in Wilmington, Delaware. And, you know, eating out of dumpsters, uh, struggling to survive, you know. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I would tell myself, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm done with this. I'll, I'll get better tomorrow. I'll go get help tomorrow. And, and how many times I let, uh, you know, my addiction dictate what I was going to do. You know, like, I, my addiction dictated everything that I did. From the moment that I woke up to the minute I went to sleep. And, and I would just constantly, like, we after a while, like, I mean, our addiction, like, It wants to keep us sick. Like, the enemy wants to keep us sick. It wants to keep us in those chains. It wants to keep us in that bondage. uh, Because ultimately, it's holding us back, you know, from reaching our full potential. And after a while, man, we start to believe those lies. And I say it in the beginning, man. How many times, like, are you going to tell yourself? You know, it's it's, it's just an emotional song. Um you know, and I just think we all have to reach that level of pain, you know uh how many times are you gonna lie to yourself you know before you finally experience enough pain?
0: I have a question a I have a question because I'm sure my listeners are gonna be thinking the same thing um and, and anything I ask or justin ask and you don't feel comfortable talking about you can say that, okay, but mm-hmm. Ten years, first of all, how old were you for those ten years, and where was your family
2: so i, I was nineteen years old when uh when I started using drugs um, it progressed very uh quickly for me um, I grew up in a in a in a good home you know my um my dad and my grandparents raised me um we moved in with my grandparents uh, at the age of six, you know, my, my dad and my mom split up when I was six years old because my mom, uh, didn't want to stop partying. You know, she didn't, she didn't want to stop hanging out with bikers and like the rough crowd, you know, and my dad, uh, wanted to give me a good life. He wanted to give me a, a good upbringing. So, um, he made that ultimatum and he stuck to it. And, we moved in with my grandparents at the age of six. I had a great childhood. It was very family oriented. We did everything together. Christmases were huge. Uh, everybody in the whole family would come over to my grandparents for Christmas. Uh, we'd all open up gifts together. We celebrated birthdays together. We went on vacations together. I got great grades in school. Uh, I was an all-state baseball pitcher, um, and uh, it's just when I graduated um, when I graduated high school. I joined the band and uh things just kind of started going downhill. Um I mean I had the same group of friends from the age of 6 all the way through high school and my friends started getting into drugs uh before me and I didn't even know. You know, I was pretty much sheltered. No nobody that I knew did drugs, you know. So I didn't really know what to look out for. Uh, But I remember uh, about a year after I graduated high school, uh, my friends, you know, they introduced me to drugs and it wasn't just, it wasn't weed, it wasn't alcohol, uh, it it was coke. It it was actually, it was crack. And here's a kid who never even really, I might have smoked weed like three times at that point in my life. I might have drank a handful of times. I didn't like it, it didn't matter to me because that just wasn't what I did. And then here's my childhood friends that I grew up with offering me crack cocaine. And uh, I remember thinking to myself, like, I was picturing like homeless people. Like, when you think of crack, like, for me, I was thinking of like the lowest of the low, like, homeless people missing all their teeth, whatever. But these were my best friends these were my childhood friends they had the house they had the car they had the family they had the girlfriend and it i remember asking myself is it really that bad or is it something they just tell you not to do you know and uh my friends just they said man like if if you don't like just try it if you don't like it you don't have to try it again and to me that kind of made sense i tried weed i tried pot and uh I didn't really like it. It wasn't my thing. I tried alcohol. I didn't really like it. It wasn't my thing. So it wasn't a big deal. So I was like, okay, I'll just try this one time. And the minute those chemicals entered my bloodstream, some, something happened inside of me. Like a switch got flipped on. Really? And I could not, I could not turn off. Really? When I, say, when I say it happened immediately, it literally happened immediately for me. I was immediately addicted. I immediately wanted more, and I didn't stop. I did not stop and and I took it out and uh I took it and ran with it. Um, even my friends were like it was something they did on the weekends for fun. me, I wanted it every single day really and yes and and I ended up losing my job. Um, I had a great job uh doing plumbing with my with my uncle. I uh, ended up losing my job uh, and my friends were like, man, you guys took this to a whole nother level, you know, uh, here, try this, this will calm you down and it was like a little blue bag and had a little, like a little bit of white powder in it and I was like, well, what's this? And they're like, it's heroin and uh, I mean, why not? I tried it. I was, I was, <laughs> I was smoking crack every day. You know, um, somehow I was still hiding it from my grandparents. They, they didn't know um, at this point. But uh, when I tried heroin, I immediately fell in love. And that was all she wrote for me. Uh, I sniffed it for like a few short months and went to shooting it. And it, it got to, it progressed to a point where I could not hide it. Uh, I was starting to go through withdrawals. I was starting to get sick. I was starting to do things that I didn't want to do. And I started to have thoughts of stealing from my family, stealing from my grandparents. And like I said, I, I come from such a close-knit family that when I started to have those thoughts of stealing from my loved ones, uh, one, I knew that I had a problem. Uh, two, uh, the more importantly, like, I just, I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop getting high. So as opposed to stealing from my grandparents and hurting my loved ones, I made a decision to run away from home. And that was the summer of 2002. Like I said, I was 19 years old. And I told myself, like, uh, I was just going to, I was going to run away from home, I was going to be homeless for a little bit and just have this wild and crazy experience for the summer. I told myself it was only going to be for the summer, and then once summer was over, I was going to get my act together, I was going to enroll in college, and it was just going to be this crazy story that I tell my kids when I grow up. Um, Unfortunately, that summer lasted 10 years
0: so hold on i I gotta ask I'm sorry you know Justin I know you're waiting to talk I'm just so emotional right now
4: No,
0: uh, okay. um so when you say that summer lasted 10 years was your family looking for you?
2: my family tried to help me in the beginning okay <laughs> and um I um, figure somebody wants to try to call me right now hold on a second. Okay. Um, They tried to help me in the beginning. Um, And it was... My dad um, tried to get me into a place called uh,
0: Teen Challenge. Yes, yes.
2: And unfortunately, at this time in my addiction, uh, I was was not ready. Um, I was just really young. And I I thought I had more time. Like I said, how many times, you know? Um, I thought that I had more time. I always used to tell myself, tomorrow or tomorrow, or I have more time. I'll I'll get clean next month or something like that. And uh, so when I got into Teen Challenge, it was a faith-based program in the heart of Baltimore City. And this place just happened to be on drug block. And they put me in a room, the only room in the house that had a window to the fire escape. And it was just bad news. That was stupid. Yeah, people were going in and out of my room, bringing back drugs. And it was only a matter of time before I caved. And then it was off on the run again. You know, and um, they tried to help me another time at a place called Galdenzia. Um, And I mean... Like I said, I just wasn't ready, you know, and and it got to a point where it's like the only thing they could do is just pray. You know, it's, it's not like they, they abandoned me right. or anything like that. They loved me to death. You know, I was always like I was the first grandchild and I was always like the golden grandchild in their eyes.
0: You know, and,
2: and I and I I was pretty much like the golden child in everyone's eyes. I was all state baseball pitcher. I was always talented at, at everything that I that I uh, applied myself to. Um, it's, it's just unfortunately, you know, my dad raised me with the mentality: if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. You know what I mean? Don't um, don't half-ass anything. And I kind of applied that right to my addiction, <laughs> and it was just unfortunate, you know, uh, it's not like they abandoned me. Like I said, it's just, I needed to prove myself, you know, and show them that I really wanted to help. So they kind of loved me from afar.
0: So one, one last question about that. Cause I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother and it's just breaking my heart. Um, one more question about that. Did you see them through those 10 years? Yes. Okay.
2: Very seldom. Okay. You know, my, Well, my dad, uh, I didn't see him too much, you know, maybe like a handful of times, you know, because it broke his heart, you know? Uh, but if I ever called and I needed, uh, clothes or food, he was always right there. You know what I mean? Uh, if I ever called and I needed a ride to detox and I told him I wanted to get clean, he was there in the middle of the night. Didn't matter. You know what I mean? Uh, but as far as I'm like, trying to come back home or stay or anything like that, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not.
4: Okay.
2: Um, my grandparents, on the other hand, they did help me um, throughout the 10 years. They, they never stopped believing in me. They never stopped uh, giving up hope. You know, my grandmother used to have me on the prayer line at the 700 Club, consistently. <laughs> uh, I mean, she prayed over me. She she would always try to help me. They would always give me money. I would always give them sob stories. Okay. And they would meet me downtown.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. So, Justin, uh, you, say, get... you say something now. I'm going to process this. Uh,
1: yeah, like, uh, because uh, I got to say, like, this is really all uh, new to me. I mean, I never really... Uh, uh, spoken to uh someone who's uh, gone down that road. I mean, although I do have some uh, history. My father was a uh, my uh, biological father uh was an alcoholic uh like uh, their uh my uh, uncle, I have two uncles like uh who one is currently in jail right now uh for drugs and uh, another uh is uh is uh, slowly recovering uh although uh we don't really speak to him that much. Um yeah, I mean, like, and I, I do have uh, my own share of uh, mental illness, but like, I have absolutely uh, never experienced anything uh, like this. So, uh, you know, you just gotta like, uh, I, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, and like Jerry said, uh, like, this is like, uh, I mean, this that definitely takes a lot to process because I can't really imagine uh, what uh, that must have been for you.
2: I mean, it's it's a roller coaster, you know. One minute you have this great life, and you're looking up. Things are going great. You have everything in front of you. You have your whole life in front of you, and unfortunately, one bad decision can throw everything off track and completely alter the course of your life.
1: uh, uh Yeah. Like. Uh, so. Um, wow. I definitely, I definitely gotta ask uh, because uh, I mean I've been always kind of wondering: uh, Has music uh, always uh, been a part of your life uh, before, um, before uh, everything? Uh, Uh, Started to happen, uh, or like did music? What was music something that uh, uh, you kind of uh, found uh, after
2: all of this? So, music has always been a passion of mine since middle school. I remember when Nirvana uh, started getting big, Green Day was big. I I was, I started buying their cassette tapes and everything, and and, uh, I just fell in love with music. I picked up the guitar at the age of 12, and uh, the second my fingers hit the fretboard, I felt at home. Mm. I immediately felt a connection to that, uh, so much to the point, like, I would play until like 2 in the morning, and my dad would have to come downstairs and be like, all right, it's time to turn off the amplifier, put your guitar up, and go to bed. You know, I couldn't help myself. It was always a therapy outlet for me. Yeah. Um, So I've always, I always felt this connection to music. Uh, I just obviously lost that, uh, the 10 years that I was homeless and addicted to drugs.
0: So I want to intervene here. I'm going to play another one of your songs. Um, so everyone we have with us, Joe Nestor, he went from addiction and being homeless for 10 years. It started at the age of 19 to writing music, healing through music and it's it's amazing um the very first song that i played i think what we're going to do is close with that one also because that one is called how many times and i'm going to play that again joe at the end okay i have to yeah, absolutely. so now we're going to play I was
2: standing at the edge barely hanging on about to lose my grip Something inside told me to hold on tight And I'm pushed through But how many times must I forget The pain that I feel every time I slip It's all been a lie And it's time that I finally faced the truth is all I see Haunted by the memories I'm caught in a living hell and it's burning me up inside But they say the untruth shall set you free So why are the flames still burning me No, I don't think
0: Talk yes. about that song.
2: So that in heaven is basically, that, that's a song that I wrote uh, from the standpoint that all that glitters isn't gold. Everything that, that comes across your path, um, or not everything that crosses your path that, that looks good, feels good, sounds good, is a blessing. Right, and I feel like when God has a calling on your life, and, and He and He has a purpose for you, and I feel like the enemy knows that as well. So He's going to send things across your path that look good, that sound good, that feel good, but that ain't heaven. That's not heaven knocking at your door. You know what I mean? These are these are deceiving traps that the enemy has set in place to distract you from that calling that God has on your life. And and it's hard to face that truth, man. It's it's very easy to get caught up in that web of lies, that web of deceit.
0: So Justin, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk. Then I'm going to read a poem and then we're going to talk about that moment. You knew you had to stop and what happened. Okay. Justin. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. Uh, yes. So uh, I know that uh, we've been uh, kind of. Uh, I, I know we've already uh, had uh, this discussion, uh, but um, I mean, it seems that like uh, you don't really uh, care about what style you're doing. I mean, uh, first song was kind of a little bit of uh, there was a little rap in there, and uh, second song that we played, um, it kind of has a little uh, country uh, singer songwriter uh, vibe. Uh, like, and I, it just. It just kind of feels like that uh, you really don't care. I mean, what style you're doing? I mean, I feel like you created your own world, your own genre, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, is that what you're uh, mainly trying to do?
2: So here, here's my thing. Like I said, music to me is therapy, and I have many influences. You know, whether it be hip hop. You know, everything from hip hop to to country uh, to rock to even pop music. Um, And to me, music is art. And God has blessed me with the talent uh, to be able to do all those things. So why not express it? You know, I may wake up one day uh, feeling like, you know, having that hip-hop. I I might wake up one day feeling like listening to hip-hop. And another day, I might wake up and I feel like listening to Metallica. You know, it it all depends on the mood. And I feel like a lot of people are the same way. And uh, God's just blessed me with the talent um to be able to to write and create songs in in all those different categories so
1: yeah i mean and yeah totally uh like i yeah like i said uh you definitely created your own genre uh therapy like i, I feel like uh and, and now and now listening to it i mean i definitely feel like therapy actually should be uh
0: yes a genre. yes and sometimes i'm sure you feel like listening to elvis because elvis is my boy Hey, man. The the there you, hey, you go man. baby i love you more
4: yeah
1: <laughs> I, I, and i kind of feel the same way i mean like uh i uh actually uh started uh working uh for uh a uh, all-country music station uh when i was uh i think like uh about three four years ago and uh yeah, I really wasn't feeling it. I mean, like I, I had to, I, I had to like expand my genre because I mean, th- there's a, there is a whole lot more than country. I mean, like I'm right. like a huge fan of rock. I'm a huge fan. Of, I'm a, I'm a huge Nickelback fan. Skillet, uh, Three Days Grace, Shinedown. Like you, you,
2: you it, man. And then,
1: and then like some days I'll listen to like, uh, some days I'll listen to Justin Bieber or, uh, or Ariana Grande or like, uh, yeah, you, I mean like uh, like. The music scene is just, the music scene is
2: just like inc- incredible uh, because there's a whole lot to offer. Yeah.
0: Well, music
4: saves like lives. If you wake up
2: every day, and you listen to the same genre, the same songs every day. Eventually, you'll just get burned out. You know, you have to, you have to have some kind of variety in there, and uh, and that's why I like doing what I do, man. Music is art, and uh, you don't create the same piece of art, you know every day
0: i want to share something with you joe justin's heard me say this and some of my listeners have but i want to share something with you so Mm -hmm. i'm also an artist i went to art school in 1979 in new york school of visual arts i'm an artist a poet writer okay all that cool stuff and i always say that being being an artist you know it gives you healing through everything you do i don't care if you can't draw and you just draw that's healing you know what i'm saying um but i met a young hip-hop artist years ago because you know i'm an oldies you know i'm not i just turned 60 so i I always say i was born too late i listened to led zeppelin jethro Tull. i've been to their concerts of course but i love the oldies and elvis and all that so Mm -hmm. i got a call from a young hip-hop artist back in the day who lived in Trenton, New Jersey, a young black gentleman, uh, Randy Shank. And he said to me, Miss Jerry, do you think you could interview me? And this was live in studio in my town at the time. And I said, young man, I said, can you keep it clean? And he said, I promise I'll keep it clean. So that day I interviewed a couple of his friends as well. So they all came live in studio and they, they honored that. They kept it clean. But this is what I said to him he's now down South. He goes by six director. I love him. And he's still in my life. And I'm going to tell you, I asked him live on air, why do you guys have to use profanity? And why do you guys have to, you know, I don't like any of that. And this is what he said. And it didn't make me listen to it, but it made me understand. He said, Miss Jerry, everyone has a story to tell to survive. And unfortunately for some of us, that's the only story we know. And I'll never forget that. I love this young man. And, you know, again, I won't listen to it, but I get it now. So I don't judge it. So what I think I'm going to do now is I'm going to read a poem out of my book and then we're going to play your other song I have. And then we're going to talk about what started changing you to come back. Okay. Here we go, guys. Change your choice. I had a life changing moment that I knew had to be the only way to change things was to first start with me. So I looked in the mirror and woke up one day and thought to myself, I needed to pray. So I asked God to change me, to help me stay strong, to clean up my mess, to write what's been wrong. I cleaned up my diet. I cleaned up my room. I cleaned up all habits with this old dirty broom. I kept going forward and never looked back. I refused to derail, stayed on the right track. I realized my worth and all that did matter through my selfish behavior to lives I had shattered. I finally decided at 30 years old to stop abusing my body, my mind, heart, and soul. My life-changing choice that I had once made, almost 30 years now, guys, my debt has been paid. So you read all my thoughts on how to stay clean. It's all or nothing, my friend. There's no in-between. To live or to die is a choice you must make. Your life is not worthless, and you're not a mistake. One day at a time is a slogan you've heard. It works if you work it while applying his word. For you to get healthy, for your mind not to fail, escaping reality will keep you in jail. With addictive behavior, sex, drugs, food, or money, substituting addictions, now isn't that funny? I'm not an addict. This too shall pass. I'm not an addict. I'm just an ass. May the good Lord bless and guide you. And guys, the reason why I say that is because of this. I'm not a fan of believing that it is a disease and you are powerless over it. I've studied the brain. I've been all over the world. I was in Russia when it was communist, I've been behind the scenes. Okay, I'm a nutritional health coach, I'm a recovery coach. I cured myself of two cancers almost 30 years ago without medical treatment through fasting and heal and health. So what I want to say about addiction is this it is a dis-ease of the brain cells while using or anything eating, gambling, sex addiction, all of it. Okay. You can yeah, cure yeah. it. You can cure it. And here's the thing you are not powerless. Because when you walk into these rooms and you keep saying, hi, I'm Jerry, I'm an addict and I'm powerless over my disease of addiction, you have just brainwashed yourself into believing that and now it's going to be very difficult to be healed. And I shared in the beginning of the show and I'm going to share it again. My cousin's son died in his in her arms yesterday in his early 30s of addiction because he was brainwashed into believing he was powerless over it. So can I, can I say, yes, something, uh, go ahead, to, Justin. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh,
1: cause I, I definitely want to ask Joe this and, uh, I, I'm pretty sure like, uh, I, and I really definitely uh, want to know his opinion on that. Uh, Joe, um, uh, what do you think, uh, addiction is like, uh, when someone like mentions the word addiction, uh, what do you think? What do you think, uh, addiction is?
2: I mean, it's just, it's just, <clears throat> Ultimately, like addiction is, is, I mean, if you break it down, it's a spirit. It's a spirit of bondage. Yes. It's, it's a spirit of bondage. And uh, I mean, I really like what Jerry said in, in, her, uh, in, in her poem. Um, uh, it, it works if you work it while applying his word. Uh, That was so powerful, you know, because ultimately that's what helped me, you know. Uh, And and it says it, you know, in the steps, uh, you know, we made uh, a decision. Yes. We made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand it. You know, I'm not going to sit there and tell you, you know, I can only explain you know, my experience and, yes. and, and tell you about, you know, who I believe in and, and, and what he's done in my life. You know, I personally choose to call him God, you know? and, and Yes. Um, but it, it comes down to the choice. We make, you have a decision to make. You know, I look at it, I, I see somebody who's addicted and I see a struggling soul. Yes. Who, who is was trapped in the spirit of bondage.
0: Yes. So I want to say something, Joe, um, And to everyone listening out there, I love what you just said. And I'm going to share something with everyone that I've learned through 30 years of studying all this stuff. Um, And it's in my revised book. So this is why I can prove that it is a choice and you are not powerless over it. On one hand, you're being taught by the rooms that your loved one Has this disease and they're powerless over it and they'll have it forever because it's not their fault. It's a disease. But yet on the other hand, they're telling the same parent, you have to let your child who has this disease that they're powerless over to hit rock bottom. And if that means kicking them out, not giving them food, you must do that. Well, here's where that is a contradiction. Because if your child truly had a disease that they're powerless over, how could they tell you to do that? So that means they know... No. so beautiful justin do you want to say anything before he tells us his story and then i want him to talk about this song as well
1: uh yeah because I, I was just about to like uh say like uh uh yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about this song and then we'll talk about uh uh your turning point for you
2: yes yeah absolutely and uh and i think we touched on it before we went into the song you know and for me it's it's about like Coming to a, uh, a point in my life where I am making a decision to turn my will and my life over to God, right? And I, I, and I, I give him everything, right? I, nice. I, I give him all my luggage, all my baggage, all my problems, all my fears, all my doubts, my addiction, everything. And, and just do with me as you please. What you have created me to be. You know, uh, and, uh, and then he uses that. He uses the things uh, that once tore me down, that broke me, that made me homeless for 10 years, right? Takes that, uses the same stuff to heal my scars, to heal my heart, and, and, and then to be used as a vessel to help other struggling addicts. You know what I mean? Like you are. Like his plan, even though sometimes we don't understand it, is always greater than
0: our own. wow that was beautifully said justin do you want to say anything about that
1: oh yeah um you know uh and i and i and i definitely want to share something like uh that's like uh you know it's it's been going on too uh you know this week uh in my it, like for me like it has been a little bit terrible you know um you know uh you know uh whether it would be like uh whether it would have to, like, uh, do with uh, what I do uh, with radio and uh, stuff that's going on outside. Uh, I mean, like, the one thing I just really want, you know, in my life is to just be happy. And, like, you know, sometimes, like, I'm not happy. Like, and sometimes I don't really see a future for me. And, um, you know, I'm just, like, uh, you know, uh, but I, I do have good days. And that is better than just having... Uh, no good days at all. I mean, I do have good days, uh, but past couple weeks, like have been a little bad, but I, I do have good days, you know, mm-hmm. and I, 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 and I just, you know, you just, you, you gotta keep grinding. You gotta keep, uh, you gotta keep, uh, you gotta keep your faith alive. And, uh, even though you may not understand God's plan at all, like, uh, uh, he will make it for the best.
0: Tell everyone your struggles, yeah. Justin, so they understand.
1: All right. So, uh, for, uh, as long as I can remember, um, I, uh, was really, uh, a shy person. I never really, uh, uh, made eye contact, uh, with anyone when anyone was talking. I always liked to be by myself. I, I sometimes get a little socially awkward. I sometimes, uh... Uh, say random words over and over again they're they're like comfort words uh to uh what's the word I'm looking for uh to uh, just just to just to be in the moment and you know like uh, uh just focus on everything that they're saying um and that made me a target uh it like it, it I definitely like uh, people really didn't know how to take me people like were really misunderstood and I it took me a long time. Uh, it, it, it was not until uh, my senior year in high school that I really started to open up. I actually started to get involved, and you know, I really wish I uh, did this a lot sooner uh, uh, because uh, I wasn't really uh, that happy in my childhood. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I'm really glad that uh, I I'm here today. Like I'm doing what I love, and it I, I just I. I wouldn't trade uh, anything I, I wouldn't change anything
0: tell them but tell them your diagnosis also
1: uh yeah so I, I have a uh, I have a uh, high functioning autism uh I, and I am really lucky that I'm able to uh you know uh, do what I love uh with interviewing people like on your show and it's just
2: amazing
0: so thank you for that, Justin. So now, wow, Joe. Can I say
2: something. Yes. Real quick? Yes. Yeah. Just, Justin, let me tell you from personal experience, and, and even though like I do what I do, and God uh, uses me the way that He's chosen to use me, I suffer from social anxiety myself, and this is somebody who gets on stages. In front of thousands of people, I suffer from social anxiety so much that I forget my own lyrics sometimes on stage. It's it's very uncomfortable for me. I'm the person who would much rather be at home with my family. I don't want to be around anybody, you know. Uh, but something inside me just pushes me to 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 go through it, you know, and, and and just carry out his message because I know it helps other people, you know. And what you're doing on this radio station helps other people you know and as far as like you say you ultimately you just want to be happy um one thing that i learned uh when i was homeless and i had absolutely nothing is to you know never put your happiness in worldly things don't allow worldly things to to dictate your happiness your happiness comes from within and it comes from the lord you know, um, that's just my own personal. Experience. Amen I to that. To tell you, I just wanted to tell you that I, I too suffer from social anxiety. So Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that, that's really great. I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad uh, to know that I'm not really the only one that goes through it. Uh, no. so, so, I, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, uh, like uh, we all want to know this, and uh, you know, we've been waiting. Um, uh, your turning point. Okay yes. did something Did something happen? In the moment, uh, did you like uh maybe like uh see like a sign of of God somewhere? Like, did you have like a, some sort of lock? Uh Like, so, what, what, yeah, what was the point in like your life where you knew you needed to change?
2: So here, here's the thing with me, and like I'm not trying to make it like I'm not trying to preach. You know what I mean? Uh, but for me, that my own personal testimony, my own personal experience, like God is written all over this. Like He's all over my story, man. Um, the same person who introduced me to drugs, the same childhood friend, 10 years later, would be the same person who paid for my train ticket to come to Florida and go into treatment. Oh my gosh. Wait, Joe, real quick,
0: real quick. Remind me. I have to tell you something about a dealer. Continue your story before I forget.
2: Okay. So I was at the lowest point of my addiction. Uh, like I said, I was homeless, um, I was at a point where I was robbing banks, <gasps> and <laughs> it, 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 was, it was it was really bad, and my childhood friend, originally the one who introduced me to drugs, oh um, we got addicted together, like I said, we, we became homeless together, even went to prison together, oh my um, gosh. He, he had gotten clean uh, a few years before <laughs> me, and went to Florida... And and got himself together, and heard how bad that I was heard how bad I was doing, and I guess I was on his amends list. And once he heard how bad I was doing, he reached out to me, and he was like, "Listen, Joe, I know I kind of got you into this." and i'm here to tell you like i as you're struggling to get clean up there and you feel like there's no way out and everything up there reminds you of just getting high i'm here to tell you that there's another way out and if you're willing i'll buy you a train ticket to come to south florida we'll get you into treatment and we'll get you the help that you need and at this point in my life i was so broken and hopeless it was december of 2012 freezing cold um And I thought I was going to die in the streets, you know, and and literally God (laughs) uses the same person that got me hooked on drugs, Um, sends him to pay for my train ticket to reach out to me because he knew that I was probably the only person that I would believe you know, because I seen him at his worst. We got into this together. We ran together. And if God, if he can get clean, that at least gave me a little bit of hope, you know. So the next day I was on a train ride, 26 hour train ride to South Florida. Nothing but the clothes on my back, you know. And, and the crazy thing is I had become that person that I envisioned 10 years prior when I took that first hit of crack. I was 130 pounds soaking wet I was missing all my teeth I had nothing and uh, I went into treatment you know and uh, and I was so broken I was so hopeless you know I, I I paid attention man I paid attention to everything that they said in the groups I didn't just sit in the back and jerk and, and joke around and take everything lightly I took it very serious because for me this was life or death you know? yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So uh, I I do want to like uh, ask uh, uh, what was what, like what treatment center did you go
2: to? Uh, I went to a place called Delray uh, Recovery Center. I don't think it's around anymore.
1: Uh, yeah, um, like uh, yeah, we definitely should uh, like uh, uh, put a link somewhere like uh, where people can uh, actually uh, uh, find it if they ever need like uh, any help. Because I, re- I really think like that's important. Because I'm sure it definitely helps isn't it in it.
2: Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. For me, like I needed to get away from people, places and things for a while to focus on myself, to clear my mind and my body of all the toxins, uh, that were in it. And, and I just really needed to focus on myself. And I couldn't do that if I was in the same area that I was ripping a rushing, you know, too many distractions, too many temptations. Um, but it, it, it's, it's just it's kind of crazy how things happened, you know? I, I, I got into treatment, and uh, my roommate just so happened to be an acoustic musician. <laughs> and he had a guitar. <laughs> and, and that's kind of where everything started for me, you know? Um, wow. I, picked up, I picked up the guitar, and I started playing it again, first time in 10 years. Uh, but it came back to me just like riding a bike, and I started writing songs again. And uh, this time, you know, I didn't—I wa- wasn't writing songs to be a rock star. Like I said uh, earlier in the show, I wasn't—I uh, wasn't writing songs to be on the radio or for views or anything like that. Like this was my therapy. I had ten years of pain and suffering to let out, and uh, I started writing music. And I was just being myself. And somehow, it just kind of turned into what it did, you know? Uh, people started listening to my music. I started performing in at uh, open mics in, in Delray Beach, Florida, at coffee shops. And then people were like, dude, where are you? Where have you been? You know what I mean? Like, your music is helping us, and where can we get your music at? I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, do you have like Facebook or Instagram or any of that? Like, keep in mind, I was homeless for 10 years. So I had no idea what the heck they were talking about. I didn't know what a book of faces was, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what any of that was. So. Uh, they helped me create some accounts, like a Facebook page. They helped me create Instagram and YouTube. And next thing you know, my music kind of started going viral, and it just has uh, turned into what it has. You know, now I tour the country, uh, doing what I love and, and and helping people. So
1: yeah, like uh, if you're ever in uh, New Jersey, you gotta let us know. Like, oh, are uh, you kidding?
0: Yes. Um, I want to share something with both of you. So, Bob yeah. in chat, and, and for you, Justin, he's saying you are doing a great job. He loves listening to you. He's always in chat. He's always the first one in, and he's amazing, and he's listening to this show, and he's just saying, stay focused, positive, and always move forward every day and laugh, and he just loves both of you and what he's listening to. Um, Thank you so much. Now, Karen, Thank Karen is in the chat room, and I want you to say something to her, Joe, please. She's a friend of mine, and she suffers from depression. And she's saying, Joe, you're amazing and strong, and she's very weak. What kind of inspiration can you give to my friend Karen? He says she's withdrawing and very weak. No, she's dep- she suffers from depression. She has a beautiful husband. She had a rough childhood, and she's saying she's very weak. Um, and she, what, would, what could you say to her to encourage her?
2: My, I mean, my, if you, if you're suffering from depression, uh, one of the things that I can do, that I can say, uh, from personal experience, to, to help with that, is to write out a list. You know, sit down and, and kind of think about like some of your, your biggest blessings. You know, think about things that that uh, you are grateful for, things that you are proud of, mm. and and write out a list and, and put it either uh, you know, either on your bathroom mirror. Or on your refrigerator, somewhere that you're going to see when you first wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? And and go, and go over that list. You know, go over that list of, of things you are grateful for, the blessings that you have, the things that are that are. Uh, the positive things in your life you know Uh, and I know it's hard it trust me I get it it's hard when you're stuck in that state of depression Uh, but if you have some uplifting words or uh, some uplifting uh, Bible verses you know, go through your Bible and and just write down some positive things put it on a note and put it somewhere that you'll see first thing in the morning uh, to try to get your mind on a different track you know because it's easy to go down that rabbit hole
0: you know Beautiful. So I want to share a couple things with you, Joe. Justin may have Uh heard these. uh, And today's show is more than appropriate. This will blow your mind a little bit. I mean, you and I, you know, like, especially me, 30 years, okay, I'm older than you. I always say, oh, nothing can shock me, but things still shock me. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you a couple cool things where God's concerned and what he did for me in my life. So the reason I started using drugs, I was touched by a neighbor at 13. I came from New York. Um, I grew up in Long Island City, New York, moved to New Jersey. So we had a country road. So um, family and friends lived on this road. This particular family was moving away anyway in a couple weeks. And he was only in his late twenties. And I'm saying that for a reason. And I did not look like I was 13. I probably looked a lot older. And I'm saying that for a reason. So when this happened, I remember saying to him, you better get your hands off of me and get away from me because my father will kill you with his bare hands. So he kind of went, you know, did his thing, left. And I don't know why, but I knew I needed to talk to someone. This is a long time ago. I'm 60 years old. Things were very different back then. And I would never tell anyone not to go straight to the police today. Okay. So anyway, I made a decision to tell my uncle and my uncle agreed, we can't tell your dad. So he threatened him and let him know we knew. And he said, you're lucky you're moving away. Long story short, I started using drugs, not because I was touched by him, but because I always believed I let a child molester go. I couldn't live with it. And then I questioned, did we do the right things? Did my aunt and uncle do the right thing? Should we have done something different? I couldn't live with that, Joe. I'm going to tell you how good God is. My father passed away four years ago, and my aunt and uncle were celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. They were having a huge party. They wanted to cancel it. I said, absolutely not. My my dad needs us to have some happiness right now. I did not know that that couple was being invited. I haven't talked. We haven't mentioned them in all those years, but the wife is still good friends with my aunt, and... I pull up to the place and I see the wife walking in. Well, I'm thinking, wow, okay. So long story short, I see him walking in. I stayed away from him the whole entire night and I was 57 years old now. At the end of the night, the party's over. He was watching me and he came up to me when nobody was there and tried to kiss me and smacked my butt. Now... Some people are thinking I should have popped him, right? Well, I didn't. This is what happened. I said, so you're still a pervert. And he laughed and said, so what? Now he's in his late 70s. And he did it again. He touched my butt. And I smiled and I looked up and I said, thank you, God. You just gave me the greatest gift ever. He's not a child molester. He's a pervert. And I said, you better count your lucky stars that I love God. I said, because... Oops, guys, give me one second. What just happened here? Uh, hold on, guys. I messed up something. I, I hit something. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, so anyway, I said, you better count your your lucky stars. I'm a Christian. And God gave me the greatest gift he could have ever given to me. Because at 57 years old, he finally freed me of knowing I was he was not a child molester. Because if he was, he wouldn't have been interested in me at 57 years old. So that was the first beautiful thing. Now I'm going to tell you what happened when my book was published. I get a message on Facebook. Hello, ma'am. That's what I love, ma'am. I said, yes. And he said, can I ask you a question? Long story short, he's asking me questions. He saw my book. I sent him the book. He was in a halfway house. He was clean and sober for a year and a half, not by choice. If he didn't stay there, he was going to prison for a very long time. He was a few years older than me, this gentleman and i asked him if i could send him this bible recovery bible he said he stopped believing in god i sent him the bible and my book he started questioning me he was reading it i said now it's time we see each other on facetime are you ready for this i'm staring at this gentleman and i said to him can i ask you a question did you used to have long curl you know wavy brown hair he said yes I said, did you ever sell drugs to Jerry's Final Touch? He's like on Parkside Avenue. She was my biggest. I said, that was me. Wow. So here he is in my life, and I'm helping my drug dealer from when I was in my 20s. How about that? (laughs) Okay.
2: Oh, my God. Tell me that's not crazy. God
0: is good. God is is good, good, right? Wow. (laughs) Justin, you want to say something to Joe?
1: Uh, yes. Um, so um, uh, we're almost uh, coming uh, to the close of the show, uh, but I do want to ask. Uh, I definitely want to give you Joe, a chance to uh, promote anything that yeah, you have going on, any music, any tours, any uh, uh, groups that like uh, you're like uh, creating. Uh, uh, your website, uh, the, the floor is yours, my man.
2: I mean, I have. A, I do have a website. It's uh dot uh, I have merch on there, shirts and stuff. Um, I think I'm currently all out of so- CDs. Every time I get them restocked, they sell out. But uh, you can purchase it online. You can look at me. Uh, you can look me up on iTunes or Spotify if you just look up Joe Nester. Uh, I'm on YouTube as well, Facebook. I'm on Nester Nation uh, and Instagram, Joe Nester Music. You know, if uh, if you like what you heard today and you kind of support it, you can just give me a follow.
0: Justin, would you like to tell everyone how to get in touch with you?
1: Oh, yes. Well, thank. Well, first of all, I want to like, uh, uh, say thank you to Jerry, as always, uh, for allowing me to uh, do what I love and like co-host on uh, her amazing shows. I want to thank uh, Joe Nester for taking the time out of his life to uh, be with us today. And I also want to thank uh, all of the, the fans out there listening. Uh, uh, this has been a really great interview. Um, and if you are interested in uh, sharing your story with me or if you'd like to maybe work something out with me, like maybe an interview, uh, you can uh, always uh, shoot me uh, an email at justdrum1997 at gmail.com or you can uh, find me uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, uh, we're always posting stuff and uh, we can't wait to hear uh, what you have to offer.
0: So, Joe, we, we still have time, Joe. Um, I'm not pushing no? you off. Um, no, no. I no. Is there any, I want to read this poem, Face It Till You Make It, but I don't want to close yet. Is there anything else you want to say to everyone listening to give them some hope or anything else you want to share about your journey that we did not share?
2: I just, I mean, if one thing that I've learned uh, through my, through my own personal journey is that, you know, God places people in your life for a very specific reason. Uh and the things that you go through are for a very specific reason. Yes. Even I mean in, in the times where it's just dark and you're in the middle of the storm, it's hard to see it. It's hard to see it. But one thing I can tell you is to is to never give up because you never know what blessings he has waiting for you around the corner. You know, you never know what everything that you're going through for right now. Is, is if you're struggling uh, you know it's just preparing you for the next season in your life you know and, and he's just getting ready you know uh, and, and you're getting ready to level up. You know, I had no idea. You know, I used to wonder to, to myself all the time. Like, I was a good kid. I was raised right. I got good grades in school. Why am I homeless? Why am I, you know, stuck on these drugs? Why can't I get through this? Like, I'm smarter than this. I am better than this. You know, I am a smart ass. I'm not a dumbass. That's a right, baby. Ass, you know, I couldn't figure it out for the life of me. You know, uh, until now, you know, and I'm still he's still placing pieces in the puzzle to make it clear to me, you yes. know? Uh, you know, and here it is, like, you know, this December uh, December 18th, I'll have nine years, you know, clean and sober. And, uh, you know, he's still revealing things to me, you know, like, I had no idea. I had to go through that 10 years of homelessness uh, to be doing what I'm doing now. You know, I volunteer at the Neighborhood Center, which is a homeless shelter in my community. I run engaged groups there, and, and I'm speaking to the homeless. I'm sharing my testimony testimony, and I'm traveling the country, and I help people, I help struggling addicts every day, you know? I get hundreds of messages every day from people who are struggling, Uh, and and I had to go through those things in order to uh, prepare me for the next season of my life, you know? And, And it's so funny, that acoustic musician who was in treatment with me, he now has uh, numerous years clean and he's in Ohio sharing his story through music and I'm the one who inspired him to do it mm.
4: you know
2: uh and one and it's funny because you were talking about your drug dealer um
0: <laughs>
2: so I used to sell heroin outside of the methadone clinic in Wilmington Delaware. yes sure and and uh <laughs> here here um I became really good friends with this guy, my buddy, this guy named Frank, uh, who people know of him now as Rev1. Uh, We used to run together. I used to sell him heroin. We would rob people and steal things together. We got locked up together as well. I went to Florida to get clean. He did five years in Baltimore prison. Gets out, starts doing music, gets cleaned. And uh, next thing you know, we find each other through Facebook. I fly him down to Florida and... uh, and we reconnect, but we're both working a program now. We've both given our lives to the Lord, and now he's using us. We go on tours all the time together, um, and, and it's just crazy the people that he places in our lives, and we never know what it is, for what reason it is at that time. We don't know why we're in the storm uh, that we're in right now, but trust and believe. You know, all will, will be revealed and everything is for a greater purpose. So just don't give up. If you are somebody that you know is struggling, uh, reach out to me on Nestor Nation on Facebook. I have a team of people with resources literally all over the country, mm. in every state. We will get you the help that you need. So
0: that's amazing. Joe, I'm not saying my goodbye yet to you. I want to read okay. my poem. For everyone out there who just tuned in, this July 27th, I will be celebrating 30 years of being a smart ass. I'm no longer a dumbass. Yes. yes. So I want to read one of my poems out of my book, Face It Till You Make It. I was never, ever a fan of Fake It Till You Make It. So my poem is called Face It Till You Make It. Fake It Till You Make It is a term heard so much. I don't really agree. It's like living with a crutch, not just for addiction. All life lessons, my friend. That's a sad in life to live until the end. I'd rather go by a saying more real. Face it till you make it in spite of how you feel. We got to grow up. Put our past behind. In spite of our hurts, there's greatness to find. I'd rather go through life smiling every day, holding up my chin, all good things to say. Positive thinking and actions likewise throw out a force up into the skies. What we project is what we will earn. Karma is real. We each have a turn. Your thoughts are wired to make you think with what you do can make you sink. Keep all your thoughts uplifting and real. Feeding your mind crap destroys how you feel. So don't put out crap. It comes back to bite. Stand up real tall and just fight the fight. I promise you this. If you face all your fears. It may be quite scary, but will add to your years. One day you'll be happy with who you now are. Just look at me. I've really come far. I look in the mirror and like what I see. But most important, guys, I really love me. Face it till you make it, guys.
2: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: So No, no, because today's a different show, Justin. I usually read that same one, a couple of them about choice. Today was different. Today, these poems were really needed. Um, again, what an amazing, amazing story. Um, everyone, please keep my family in your prayers. I said this in the beginning Absolutely. of the show. My cousin's son in his early 30s. Passed away in her arms yesterday from an overdose. So today's show was so appropriate and so needed, especially for me. Justin, I want to thank you first and foremost, always, for bringing me such incredible guests. But today I got to tell you, wow, thank you. Um, and Joe, what can I say? You are one of the most inspirational people I've ever, ever interviewed. I thank you. Thank you so much. Um, this isn't over because I'd like to do it again. i love um, to be back. You know, yep. I'm always here. So. We're going to do this very soon. I'll, I'll reach out to you after the show. But guys, yeah. I want to play the song that he wrote that I opened with and really listen to the words, guys. It's how many times Joe went from being homeless for 10 years on the streets, eating out of dumpsters, because of drug addiction. And he had a great family. He went from that, okay? He did that for 10 years. He went from that to now, traveling all over the country, speaking. He writes music. He writes songs. He's an incredible musician. Music saved his life. And here he is today. How old are you today, Joe? am
2: 37, and I'll be nine years clean in uh, uh, December. So December eighteenth.
0: There you go. So music saved his life, and we're gonna play, and this is
2: How many times are you gonna doubt yourself? How many times are you gonna repeat the same mistakes before you finally experience enough pain? That you wanna make a change. How many times? How many times you gonna tell yourself you giving up? How many times you gonna write it down and rip it up? How many times have you invested in luck? Do you find that penny facing down we we'll turn around and flip it up don't you believe in the fake believe in your faith now watch how everything that seems to fall into place and you ain't even gotta try it's like you win in the race because every time you praise his name you'll be receiving his grace embrace now keep me from the wicked protect me from the snares and help me spread this message to anybody who cares because i not wrestle with them lions and tigers and bears i'm wearing the armor of god intruders beware many times have have you shown in the same love? That he shows to you how many times? How many times? Oh, how many times have you prayed in the name of? How many times have you shown in the same love? That he shows to you, how many times? How many times? How many times you gonna lie to yourself? How many times you've been denying yourself? How many times, how many times, how many times you look inside of yourself and you're ashamed of what you see, but you don't ask for no help. You'd rather drown in misery and take that rum off the shelf. You pour another shot and blame it on the hand you were dealt, but you're forgetting about the pain that all your family felt while you were running in them streets like a slave for a bag of dope. Your parents worried that their baby might not make it home. They lie awake and they waiting, they crying by the phone, praying that they don't get the call that the baby is gone. I know it hurts, but every speaking is true i only say it because i know it i used to be you but i done made it and i'm grateful i'm one of the few now i'm headed back just to say that you can make it too how many times have you prayed in the name of how many times have you shown in the same love that he shows to you how many times how many times It doesn't matter how many times you fail. It doesn't matter how many times you almost got it right. People aren't going to keep track or care about your failures. Neither should you. It's more important that you learn from them. That you grow from them. And that you keep pushing forward. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many times you got it wrong. What truly matters Is how many times you get it right It doesn't matter how many times you've been beaten down It doesn't matter how many people believe in you now All that matters, you believe in yourself Cause there's a reason that you're breathing and it's keeping you round And everything that you've been going through is part of a plan But I know it's hard to trust it and you can't understand Believe me, we crash and we burn, we live and we learn If you could only see the blessings that we get in return You'd be like I'll shine through the storm and the struggle Struggle times when I know I'm in trouble I'll rise, I'll rise I'll rise through the ash and the rubble How many times have you prayed in the name of How many times have you shown in the same love That he shows to you how many times How many times Have you shown in the same love Daddy shows to you How many times How many times How many times How many times Never give up on yourself Stop doubting yourself Because if you don't believe in yourself Nobody else will either As long as you have air in your lungs You still have a chance to get it right
3: Ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Petito. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Loves the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, free at last. When you don't know just what to do. Just what to do. Just what to do. If what you're feeling is really true. It's really Really true. Just keep your ideas safe and sound. Safe and sound, safe and sound. That's exactly how change is found. Change is fast. change is fast. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. And in time, this too shall pass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Jerry Petito taught the class. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. Love's the answer, the greener grass. I'm not an addict, I'm just an ass. One day at a time, three
4: at last.